that the Almighty God who inspired his servant Luke to set forth in the gospel the love and healing power of his son, may he graciously continue to minister that love and that power to heal. In Jesus' name, amen. We pause today to give thanks for and to honor the one after whom this church is named, St. Luke, the beloved physician. There are all kinds of reasons why a church might wish to name itself after St. Luke. Luke's two-volume work, The Gospel According to Luke and The Acts of the Apostles, They make up 25% of the New Testament. The only New Testament writer to give us the actual names of contemporary secular leaders from Rome's Caesar Augustus to Corinth's Governor Gallio, who we know from other sources was the brother of the famous philosopher Seneca and teacher of Nero. The, The only... New Testament writer to give us names like that is Luke, and he tells thereby the breathtaking story, not just of God's redemption of Israel, but here in the story of Jesus is the whole world's story. Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace to all in whom he delights, says Luke chapter 2 verse 14. Luke is the New Testament's theologian of joy, of prayer, of the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke is the champion of the poor. His Jesus says, blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God, and or, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation, Luke 6 20 and 24. Luke is the New Testament writer who is most insistent that women's stories be heard. Elizabeth's story, Mary's story, Anna's story from Luke, and then from Acts, Dorcas, patroness of widows, and Lydia, the purple merchant. Luke displays elegance of expression and nimbleness of hand as a writer. Oh, I wish I could take you. T- I, t- I wish I could take you here. He prefers classical elegance when he narrates, but honors the simplicity, even the awkwardness of his sources when he quotes. Paul calls Luke the beloved physician in Colossians chapter 4 verse 14. And fittingly, perhaps, it's Luke who is clearest about the fact that sin is a sickness of soul, which heaven's physician has come to cure through repentance. Look at the way Luke 5, verse 32 reads. Luke accompanies Paul on half his missionary journeys. Some people think, in fact, that it's Luke who prompts the mission to Europe because the we passages, probably Luke's humble signature, the we passages begin right after Paul has a vision in the night when he is on the west coast of Asia Minor, trying to figure out where the Lord wants him to go. He has a vision in the middle of the night of a man from Macedonia, northern Greece, 
urging him to come over and help us, Acts chapter 16, verses 9 through 10. And Luke, the beloved physician, wants us to know things about his friend Paul that we'd otherwise never have known because Paul's not going to say these things about himself in his letters, that he's a Roman citizen, that he's a citizen of Tarsus, no mean city in Southeast Asia Minor, and that he studied at the feet of one of the most famous Jewish teachers of the day. Paul's just not going to put that in his letters. But Luke wants you to know. Luke also wants us to know that for all of Paul's fierceness, even prickliness about some issues, there's a surprising flexibility in his friend as well. A couple of things you'd never guess from Paul's letters. Luke tells us that his friend Paul circumcises his half-Jewish protege, Timothy, Acts 16, verse 3, and underwrites the purification rites of fellow Jews in Jerusalem, Acts 21, verses 23 through 26. And for, for all of this, Luke is a worthy patron of any church. But my guess is that Luke himself would take greatest pleasure in knowing the last thing said about him in the New Testament. The last thing said about him in the New Testament. And maybe the most poignant words Paul ever wrote. Only Luke is with me. 2 Timothy 4, 11. The one thing, despite all the other stuff I just said, the one thing I wish you to notice today is Luke's ministry of presence. The ministry of showing up. The ministry of just being there for his friend. Consider how poignant the scene, <clears throat> consider how poignant the scene in Paul's letter is. Paul's in prison yet again, but it's not the polite house arrest of the end of the book of Acts. But here, as he says in 2 Timothy 2.9, chained like a criminal, awaiting probable execution. Now, Luke has been alongside Paul through so many adventures, including shipwrecks, seeing Paul shake off a poisonous snake, and Luke is with him here too, taking down his letters, one must imagine, as they talk through prison grating, realizing together Paul's probably not going to make it out of jail this time. And I wonder if they share a laugh or exchange wry smiles or pray a Kyrie eleison at the irony of Paul's plight in prison, facing execution, given the way that Luke has recorded Jesus' Nazareth inaugural sermon that we read just a moment ago, to proclaim release to the captives, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What a funny way for the Lord's favor to show up. Now, New Testament scholars 
estimate that Paul's normal delegation when he ministered was probably about 40 people. Here, it's been reduced to one. But even facing the likelihood of death, Paul nonetheless has sent two Crescents and Titus to continue his work, because even though he's in prison, the gospel is not. But he's been betrayed by another, by Demas, and it hurts. Just in case he lives to see the next day, Paul asks for the company of his longest standing and probably favorite protege, Timothy, and also the once estranged Mark. He asks for a cloak so he can be warm. And he asks for his books and parchments. Now, there's a, a lot of ink that's been um, shed. Uh, what do you do with ink? I don't even remember ink. <laughs> there, there's been a lot of there have been a lot of attempts to figure out just what these parchments or books or manuscripts are that might have been his library, it might have been his Bibles, it might have been copies of his letters. But what it reminds me of in this kind of setting is a professor colleague of mine who lived into his 90s and had bookshelves built to surround his bed so that every night he could sleep, as he put it, surrounded by my best friends. He's down to one friend in life, but in his books, there are his other friends. But for now, and it is the last view we get, only Luke is with him. As Paul has brought Christ to the world, Luke now, just by being there, brings Christ to Paul in part, I think, enabling Paul to know the consolation that, as he puts it, I fought the good fight, I've finished the race, and I've kept the faith. And to have the confidence that no matter what Emperor Nero does to him tomorrow, and tradition says it was beheading, that's not even that is not going to keep Paul from receiving the crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge has reserved for all, not just Paul, for all who long for his appearing. Well, let's move on from Luke's ministry of presence to consider your ministry of presence, mine, ours. In church today, you may not be sitting next to somebody as famous as Paul, but you just may be sitting next to somebody who feels as abandoned and lonely as Paul. There may be someone in your life who has outlived all their friends and wonders every day, will there be anybody to come to my funeral? Later today, later this week, you may run across someone who's really down because they left a bar last night or the night before with someone they didn't know just so that they could know 
if only it's just for one night, will someone love me? You have no idea what an impact your ministry of presence can have. How does that ministry of presence, of just being there, how does it take shape? Well, it can take many forms. You can pick up the phone as someone comes to mind that you haven't seen for a while and just saying, hi, just wanted to hear your voice and see how you're doing. It can be like maybe really listening to the answer when you ask how you're doing. Maybe finding a way to offer a blessing somewhere in the conversation. May the Lord help you find your way today. May you sense the Lord's smile today. Your ministry of presence can, can be as simple as making it your resolution to just be in church. Your brothers and sisters need you whether you sense you need them or not. You just need to be here. Eating together, reading the Bible together, singing together, serving together. We are one of the founding members of one of the most wonderful ministries, iDignity, that provides um, official state um, IDs for people who are really just out of the system. Well, this week was uh, St. Luke's Day to try to make a special effort to populate the volunteers, and it was my honor to serve with a number of cathedralites. And this was the week that uh, Bill Jones, who's been there from the very beginning, got his new name tag honoring his 100th iDignity event. That's a ministry of presence, just being there giving people the dignity of their, just getting their name back. But for all its many forms, let your ministry of presence begin with the passing of the peace. Christian worship has always been a high-touch affair. Greet one another with a holy kiss, Paul told worshipers in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. And not to be outdone by Paul, Peter urged those gathered for the reading of his letter, greet one another with the kiss of love, 1 Peter 5, 14. And so, from the second century on, when we start getting records of Christian worship services, we find Christians exchanging signs of mutual affection and reconciliation before they go to the table. When you come to worship, you never know what sort of pain your neighbor is in, how much it can help them, how much it can save them to be embraced and to be put in mind whatever the deficit, whatever the enmity, whatever the trouble, whatever the funk, whatever the mess they've made of their lives, Christ speaks peace into it. So today, when we pass the peace, take a little extra time. Okay, this is going to sound really weird, but move from your set spot. 
Go find somebody that you don't know or don't recognize and say, hi, I'm the peace of the Lord be with you. Whether with an embrace, a handshake, a hand on the shoulder, whatever, be priest to them. Be Christ's presence to them. Honor Luke, our patron, in a way that befits the New Testament's last word on him. Only Luke is with me. And in so doing, further the love and healing power of God's Son. Amen.